the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. Uh, Thursday, September 29th, 2022. I am Seth Leibson. Our phone number is 602 A lot to do with you today and also uh, some participation you can engage in. Stay tuned um, with uh, regard to a big debate that's coming up next week. Blake Masters uh, will be uh, debating um, his opponent, Mark Kelly. And we have the opportunity, you here in this audience have the opportunity to submit questions for that debate. It'll air on uh, television on the local PBS affiliate. We'll simulcast it here. I'll tell you about that more in a few moments. Yesterday, I was um, I was talking a little bit about how to think and how to talk about Hurricane Ian and everything that is... Um, obviously being covered with regard to it, uh, a saturation of coverage, a saturation of coverage uh, only matched by the saturation of uh, obvious damage and uh, flooding uh, in Florida. And I I always come up short uh, when dealing uh, and talking about natural, uh, shall we call them natural disasters or natural events, because I don't know that there's that much outside of prayers, best thoughts, and charitable efforts, that much we can do. And I'm always amazed at how much the concentration of the national media uh, provides on these kinds of things. And um, I, 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 I kind of always struggle because I come up short. I just, how did, how did, uh, how did the novelist Percy Walker, Walker put it? He said, I hate to find tedious what gives such general interest and satisfaction, but I find it tedious. I just don't know uh, what to do with all this. It is not the same as a man-made disaster. It is not preventable the way a man-made disaster is with public policy, and it is not, um, it is not redressable uh, outside of infrastructure work uh, with regard to uh, public policy as it is when it comes to man-made disasters. Forty days going into the election is an important marker. We're, we're about 40 days going in, aren't we, Bill? Something like that. About 40 days, just a little over a month in any event. And it brings on an added interest, doesn't it? I have, um, I, I, I have read a lot about this, and I think I found the column that best gets to where and what I think about all this. It belongs to one John Cass, who used to write for the Chicago Tribune. Bear with me on this. Uh, Let's unwind it together. He gives us a lot. I think it's right. He writes, in San Francisco, yes, I know, this will get to Florida, trust me, okay? In San Francisco, home of the open-air drug markets, filth and needles on the sidewalks, And the great leftist Democrat unveiling and unraveling of American urban life, parents of fentanyl addictive children have put up a billboard. It reads this, quote, famous the world over for our brains, 
beauty, and now dirt cheap fentanyl, close quote. The group Mothers Against Drug Death purchased the billboard and reportedly paid $25,000 for it. The deadly fentanyl comes from China and Mexico, pushed by the drug cartels over the wide-open southern border, the border that President Joe Biden and many of his Democrats don't even want to look upon or acknowledge. If the president and the others who avoid it ever stood on that border— They'd be confronted by their abdication of responsibility to the American people, and so they stand clear and away. More than 100,000 young Americans died from drug overdoses last year. More than have been killed by terrorists, with almost 70% of the American dead coming from fentanyl, that cheap, deadly synthetic opioid shipped from smiling China, spruced up by the drug lords of Mexico and delivered as poison across Biden's wide-open border to kill American young people of all races and creeds, of all backgrounds. Yet, for the next several days, the nation's eyes won't be on the open-air drug markets of San Francisco, the southern border where the fentanyl and millions of illegal immigrants cross almost at will. They'll have difficulty hearing anything save the howling of Hurricane Ian. Television news is all about emotion. It's about sentimentality, action, and destruction. And so TV is drawn to Hurricane Ian, savaging Florida, as iron filings are and are drawn to the magnet. TV news will avert its all-seeing eye for a few days from Biden and Democratic weaknesses on the border and crime. It is a horrid blessing of sorts for them because they must fear a red whipping in a red November. And those deadly October winds in Florida are something of a respite. It is the way of the world. There is a formula to be followed, a dance with strict choreography for the dancers. The urgent, colorful maps on screen with meteorologists talking darkly of Category 4. Out in the field, reporters get wet. There are flashlights and candles in the dark and great hardships from power outages, hospitals in peril, humans battered by nature and downed power lines snapping on the streets and survivor's guilt and brief interludes from churches with desperately needed hymns, perhaps a package about a tourist trap animal attraction with gators, wild pigs and boas in basements, another package about boats, another of looting or threats of looting, another on trucks carrying bottled water and volunteers. Of course, there will be multiple staged political action scenes, politicians as bendable action figures, the president in his aviator shades and windbreaker, the governors in their khakis and ball caps, sunglasses nodding, men of TV action pointing for the cameras, directing relief, but really doing nothing. All that is noise. Yet, with all the urgent sounds competing for attention and eyeballs, there's nothing so quiet as America's fentanyl dead. They don't excite TV news. They're quite still and cold. And worse, their parents have cried themselves dry. What they don't need to hear now are more Biden border lies telling them the border is secure because it isn't. Do you remember border lie about former President Donald Trump building those cages for children of illegal immigrants? That generated more media anger than the fentanyl overdose deaths. Do you remember? I remember. 
You couldn't walk through a newsroom then without smelling the self-righteous fury that came through their pores about Trump and those kids in those cages. It triggered woke journalists the way paper cuts trigger a vampire. They were all over it, writing and tweeting and writing and tweeting some more until it turned out that it wasn't Trump who built the cages, but his predecessor, former President Barack Obama, who had built those kid cages. And the question, oops, they forgot, and the kids in cages outrage faded completely away, like media credibility. And Obama, the guy from Chicago who lives in Martha's Vineyard with other rich elites who didn't want to share their island with poor illegal immigrants and shipped them away to a military base in a matter of hours, certainly knows one thing. He knows narrative, since all he accomplished in eight years in the White House was arriving with a blank slate only to become the hero of David Axelrod's fairy tale. But he does know how to play the race card. He condemned Americans who supported legal immigration and denounced them as racist for the sin of expecting that the president and his Democrats follow U.S. immigration law. Speaking of border lies, what about the one involving the U.S. border agents on horseback in the waters of the Rio Grande whipping those poor illegal Haitian immigrants as if they were slaves on some sugar plantation? Imagine TV news executives feeling that tingling running up and down their legs, determined to get those images on the screen so viewers could see the whips and feel the pathos. Political activists posing as journalists, invoking the ahysterical, hysterical pungency of the 1619 Project that demands we must all chant that America was conceived in the great sin of slavery. The media bit down onto the bone of the whipping, and by the end time MSNBC rolled around and what was left and CNN and the leftist fever swamp of Twitter hugged it and rubbed it, and before the Democratic Party released their teeth, it was common knowledge that the border agents whipped black people with their reins, their horses. Even the president of the United States condemned his people on the border for their horrible treatment, black migrants under the American whip. It's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay, Biden told newspaper reporters about the government's customs and border patrol agents and their horrible treatment of the migrants. It's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. There's a lot more here. A lot more. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by balanceofnature.com. I take their fruits and veggies every day. It's a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. 100% natural. We're talking tomatoes, papayas, bananas, wild blueberries, strawberries. We're talking garlic and cayenne pepper and wheatgrass and shiitake mushrooms and cauliflower and celery and zucchini. 100% natural using their cold press process to preserve the phytonutrients of each of those fruits and veggies. You just take it once a day and you are good and raring to go, boosting your energy, your health, your immunity. As I say, I take it every day. It's the best product I've ever taken. It won't take you weeks to figure out if it's working for you. You're surging pure, potent plant power into your body every day. It'll take a couple of days at most for you to realize the benefits of Balance of Nature. You can access it at balanceofnature.com. They're fruits and veggies. Just make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Balanceofnature.com, discount code BALANCE. I'm reading from you John Cass's column about the coverage, the wall-to-wall -wall coverage of uh, Hurricane Ian. 
uh, in retrospect of other crises that are actually man-made that it is distracting us from. 40 days before the election, the frenzy, the, um, the jumping from lily pad to lily pad, the distraction, if you will. He's now talking about the one that just came and went after all the frenzy over the fake story of border officials whipping Haitian immigrants with horse reins. Joe Biden said there will be consequences. He said it's an embarrassment. It's beyond an embarrassment. It's dangerous. It's wrong. It sends the wrong message around the world. It sends the wrong message at home. It's simply not who we are. He set his administration to investigate and investigate they did. When they were done, Biden let slip his dogs of truth and found that Biden and all the journalists who had never seen a horse up close except in the mirror, perhaps, and not the front part, were just plain dead wrong. The investigation did not, repeat, did not find that border agents whipped the illegal immigrants, breaking the law. But politics dictated that the Border Patrol agents could not be held blameless, though they were innocent of the charges. They had to be burned for something. Some were Latinos, and given the left's racist attention to skin color, that should have counted for something. But they couldn't be exonerated because Biden had already condemned them. They weren't found guilty of whipping anyone, but the Border Patrol was accused of using inappropriate language and raising their voices. Raising their voices. This is how we handle illegal immigration now. They should have used their inside voices, their gentle Mr. Rogers neighborhood voices, while pleading with those breaking our laws, of course. And then came Vice President Kamala Harris, the president's point person on the border, who never has gone to the border, reassuring America that despite reports to the contrary and video of untold millions of people just walking over the border and small border towns overwhelmed with illegal immigrants, that the border is secure. Harris made this claim to an NBC journalist clearly devoted to the Democratic Party. And then White House Press Secretary Karin Jean-Pierre doubled down on behalf of the president, insisting the amazing claim of Kamala Harris was true and the border was secure. We, what we stand by is that we are doing everything that we can to make sure that we follow the process that's been put forth, Jean-Pierre said. That's why we have historic funding to do just that, to make sure that the folks that we encounter at the border be removed or expelled, she said. But the border isn't secure. The, president's, the president knows this. His meat puppet handlers know this. The American people know this. During a campaign debate, Mr. Biden publicly called on those who wanted to come to the U.S. to rush the border and surge their way in. His words, surge. They believed him. And upon his election, he immediately eviscerated Trump White House policy that had those seeking entry into the U.S. to shelter in place on the other side. Millions have come across illegally. There are good, decent people among them who are desperate for a chance. America doesn't need only chemical engineers. They need immigrant families full of hunger and resolve to succeed. But they break the law. And what we don't know is how many gotaways are living here, some of them criminals released from Venezuelan prisons. This is reminiscent of another weakling Democrat president, Jimmy Carter, who was overwhelmed by Fidel Castro's release of Cuban prisoners sent to Florida as part of the chaotic Mariel Boatlift. It was Jimmy Carter who was also terrified by that angry rabbit swimming at his boat. Don't you remember? Yes, yes. All of this a major distraction. All of this a major distraction 
from the illegals and other failed policies like inflation and baby formula shortages and crises with the vaccine and, of course, fentanyl. There's no functioning on fentanyl. It is deadly. Just a speck can kill. Some four million pills of the deadly drug that tricks and kills young Americans who want to get high have been seized on the Arizona border alone. Comes over by the ton in backpacks carried by human mules in trucks, trains, cargo ships, and those boxes of lettuce sold at your local American grocery store. And few produce workers tell the police because the cartel headcutters know where they and their families live and there is no appeal. Last year alone, a record 107,375 young Americans died of drug overdoses, most involving synthetic fentanyl. And kids are given the drugs, slipped into other narcotics so powerful that just a pinch on a finger can kill dozens. We're witnessing mass suicide in the Biden White House which knows firsthand of drug addiction, is silent about the poison flowing up from the South at our children. Parents are, are overwhelmed. They're dealing with a culture where Americans have been encouraged to turn their backs on God. The fentanyl young realize they cannot deal with modern stress. So many seek oblivion, a release to be lost in their online fantasy worlds on TV or their laptops with their rings of power and dragons that can read their innermost thoughts. The high priests of American culture have been teaching them to reach out for the one God of government, and as they get high, they become their own gods. America's young people take drugs to numb themselves from psychological pain. And whether by accident or by design, they die every day, and they end up in county morgues. China smiles as American leadership thrashes about. Mexican drug lords fill entire houses near big city airports with American cash on quiet streets. They fill container ships with cash, with so much treasure they can't spend it. China builds political influence in Washington with Hunter Biden as a partner. In American cities, the cartels buy American politicians the way the Chicago outfit and the five families of New York bought politicians during Prohibition. And President Biden and his enablers turn their eyes away from the open border, pretend it isn't happening, and stare open mouth at the storm that is ravaging Florida that could not have been prevented by any public policy and that will consume and distract us for days, precious days on end, going into an election where all of the above really should be first and foremost and flooding our news stories and news coverage, but won't be. I'm Seth Leapson, 602-508-0960, 602-5080-960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. If you're listening on podcast, uh, you won't know that that music we came back with was Thunder Island by Jay Ferguson, which if someone wants to know someday, perhaps for Friday, why that, why that song is part of an important trivia question my producer Bill once asked me about, have you, ever heard, have you heard the best song you will ever hear? We are happy to um, bring that up. Portions of this show are brought to you by Midas Gold Group. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years, and it still remains a common-sense investment that's simple and straightforward. You don't need pushy commission salespeople to tell you why you should buy gold. You probably already want it. 
All you need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and a complete range of bullion and coins so you get what you want, not pushy salespeople. Enter the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. Proud supporters of this show, proud supporters of Seb Gorka's show as well. He and I own gold and precious metals from Midas Gold Group. Thousands of you already do as well. If more of you are interested in adding gold or other precious metals to your portfolio, check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com, or give them a call at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Senate debate uh, will take place between uh, Blake Masters, Mark Kelly, and uh, the Libertarian candidate, Mark Victor, didn't realize he was running. I've debated him a few times. My gosh. Okay. All right. Mark Victor, Blake Masters, and Mark Kelly. Uh, Thursday, October 6th, uh, next week. And uh, it'll air on uh, PBS TV here uh, in the Valley. But we will simulcast it. And we have the opportunity, uh, courtesy of the way this debate has been put together, to uh, allow you folks, uh, you in this audience, this very audience, to submit questions uh, that um, Ted Simon and uh, perhaps the other moderators may use. Um, so if you have a question that you would like directed at either Blake or Mark Kelly or Mark Victor, uh, give us a call and let us know. We'll write it down and uh, we will uh, we will send it over to uh, Ted Simons and uh, the folks at the Clean Elections Commission. Uh, and there's a chance your question might get asked. Uh, give us a call at 602 508 Zero nine six zero six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. If you would like to uh, try and submit a question, um, I don't mind saying ahead of time that um, I wish, and you can call me and condemn me or criticize or uh, correct me on this if you want. I, I I don't I don't I don't believe there should be any kind of a priori restriction for libertarians running. Uh, for office. But in a race like this, my gosh, in a race like this, my gosh, the libertarians just aren't going to be siphoning votes from the Democrat. They're siphoning votes from the Republicans. They have caused a lot of chaos by helping elect Democrats because they siphon votes from Republicans. I just wish people with libertarian sentiments and libertarian points of view would understand what they're doing when it comes to the governance we all have to live with when a vote for them means a vote for the Democratic Party. That's what it means. It's a siphoning away from the Republican Party. The Republican Party is the party that has libertarian instincts and libertarian elements. The Democratic Party has zero has none. None. So it's well worth asking the Ronald Reagan question here in some respects, isn't it? Is your 80% ally really a 20% cause for you to run on a third party? Is your 80% ally really cause for you to run for a third party? That will take away and give you 100% of that which we don't want. We have to live with these consequences, folks. We have to live with them. And until the Libertarian Party is able to put together a much more coherent platform and set of candidates, 
maybe roll up your sleeves with that fantastic energy and work within the Republican Party. Debate. Try and bring it more into sync so it's more than the 80 percent that you would otherwise see in the Republican Party. But quit giving us Democrats we have to live with because it's Democratic policies, which are the blueprint and kinetic energy for socialism that we have to live with. If libertarians stand against one thing, I'd like to think it's socialism. But in any event, having said that, if you have a question for the debate that we might be able to submit, give us a call, 602-5080-960. I'm Seth, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by my good friends at Y-Refi. They are my good friends, and they are offering a remarkable investment opportunity. If you're interested, what they are offering is a fixed interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors, all in a secure, collateralized portfolio. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm. It's one of really good people who are doing really well by helping others, doing well by doing good for others. And you can be a part of that, too. Just check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y, dot com. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087. 855-316-3087. It's a local company. You can go visit with them. They won't give you a sales pitch. They'll just tell you what it is that they do, how they do it, and let it speak for itself. Investyrefi.com. Jason is in Phoenix. Hello, Jason. Yes, can you hear me? I can. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking my call, Seth. Um, I guess you said that we can. Uh, this might be an opportunity to propose a, a question for the debate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me just set it up again. Uh, there's going to be a debate on the local PBS affiliate <laughs> televised next Thursday. Blake Masters, Mark Kelly, and Mark Victor for the Senate. And uh, we will simulcast that debate here at 6 p.m. after this show. And they've invited us to allow our audience members to submit questions that might be asked to the candidates. Okay. So, yeah, let her rip. We'll, we'll submit them all. Okay, perfect. Uh, the, what's most important to me right now off the top of my head is we know that uh, that inflation um, act that was uh, voted on um, went down party lines. I mean, every Democrat senator voted for it, which would mean Mark Kelly voted for it. And I want this question is more geared towards Mark Kelly. Was he did they articulate to him the need to double the staffing of the IRS by this incorporating 80 and funding 87,000 brand new IRS agents? Okay, I want to know what it is. Well, yeah, now so so frame it, frame it that very specific part. So Mark Kelly voted for the Inflation Reduction Act. Then the question is, was it articulated to him? what the need for 87 brand-new IRS agents uh, was. Great. Was it articulated to him what the need for, I want to make sure I get it right, what the need for 87,000 new IRS agents would be? And the question behind that, I, I assume, Jason, is if it was articulated to him, why the heck did he vote for it, right? Absolutely. I would like an explanation why he's for that. Perfect. I'm just taking a note. And there, we have it. Now we have the question. I have it crystallized, and we will get it to uh, Ted Simon and the and the uh, debate moderators at PBS. You bet. We'll see if they use it. Very important to me. And I just why I have you 
is there a chance after the midterms if we can if the Republicans take the House and take the Senate, is there any way that that can be defunded? Uh, do that again. Sorry, do that again, Jason. You just cut out a little bit. If if we have a successful midterm and Republicans and conservatives take the House and take the Senate, is there a chance that we can defund? That portion of this absolutely, bill, that, that absolutely, okay. absolutely. This, this, this is a forgotten power of Congress, Jason. And you're right to bring it up. Uh, we often will teach Congress has the power of the purse. I think we used to teach that in eighth grade. Uh, as a matter of fact, if not in uh, high school civics, and then we don't say very much about it. But what that means is all funding bills originate in the House of Representatives. And you betcha, they can zero out, they can reduce funding of almost any department or agency, so long as it isn't what's already called a mandated funding um, program. This isn't that. So, in other words, not an entitlement. This is not an entitlement. Uh, So absolutely they can do that. And I think they should start with the IRS agents and the IRS generally, and then just move through the Department of Justice while they're at it and start looking at it at the FBI and start looking at uh, the Department of Education and start looking at the Department of Homeland Security. I believe that not only are hearings one of the most important functions Congress can engage in, I believe that defunding and refunding is one of the most important things that they can engage in. Absolutely, they can do that. Well, thank you, Steph, because that, 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 I'll tell my friends that because that's the most important thing that I see coming. I don't think this is getting enough attention. You know, I agree with you. Exactly. I agree with you. The power of the purse is a dramatic power. And uh, the fact uh, that we don't flex it as much as we can, uh, the fact that we don't use it as much as we can, I, you know, it, it's, it's another sad failure of leadership. Uh, they can't do it now. I mean, you can't blame them when we're, when we're not in the majority Uh, But once we're in the majority, you bet, go after it. There's a lot we can't touch because it's considered mandated funding, uh, mostly based on entitlements. They can't touch it without some bigger piece of legislation. But something like this, you better believe we can do it. Okay, well, let's keep talking about this stuff. I want this to everybody to be thinking about this when we get into the midterm. Yeah, you do and I do. You know what they want you to be thinking about, Jason? They want you to be thinking about January 6th. Do you realize that they were going to have another January 6th hearing this week and they postponed it for Florida hurricane coverage? And now you have to just guess. I mean, maybe they've already told us. I don't think they have. But you can just guess they're going to do another January 6th hearing closer and closer to the election. This is what they want you thinking about, January 6th. They have played that to such a fairly well. I am shocked at how weak Republicans have been in response to this sort of stuff. I really am. It's not hard to answer. It really isn't. It really isn't. And, I, you know, I would stick it to the Democrats on this stuff with every quote of violence they have, every, every invocation of violence that they have made, every... Uh, every uh, obstacle they put in the way of dealing with the BLM riots of 2020, every quote they gave on behalf of the BLM protests and riots, the nonsense Nancy Pelosi spoke, people will do what people will do. I would hang them with it. The 14,000 people arrested during the summer of 2020 for violent rioting and the 30 deaths they caused, counterpoised with 900 people no one had ever heard about with the support of no major political party or political movement in this country. My God, the way they have 
wrapped those 900 around the entirety of the Republican Party as if it's our responsibility, these people none of us had ever heard of, as opposed to, oh, people like Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris who were encouraging, egging on, and funding the riots of 2020. How that became the, 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 the millstone around our neck is nothing less than political malpractice on our party. I get why they do it. It's worked for them, sure. In politics, I suppose most is, most, almost everything is fair. They've used their microphones. Just don't know why we don't use ours. Anyway, thank you, Jason. I'll get that question over to the moderators. Anyone who has other questions for the Senate candidates, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Charles is in Phoenix. Hello, Charles. Yes, sir. I just wanted to ask your opinion. I have my own theory, but I want to ask your idea. Why do you think it is that nobody ever has any Lincoln-Douglas-style debates anymore, and there are always these phony, baloney panel uh, routines? You know, it's a great question, Charles. Uh, My first instinct is to say, I haven't thought about this in a while, my first instinct is to say that, by and large, the candidates don't want them because they're not up to it. That's that's my first instinct. They're, they're not up to it. You look at those Lincoln-Douglas debates. How did, uh, how did uh, Harry Jaffa put swinging up and down and back and forth across Illinois, making the Welking Ring and setting the prairies on fire? Seven debates. Um, I think they're not up to it. Why do you think I think they're set up purposely so the party with the weakest arguments can skate. And you, and the party, the, the side with the weakest arguments is always the Democrat side. And I think uh, it, it, it's always the Democrats that control the debate. They're always in charge of everything. And I think that's why it's set up. And I think, too, you're, you're probably right on the Republican side. There's probably weak Republicans. Otherwise, they'd insist on it. Well, I mean, some of our Republicans would love to do it. Uh, Carrie Lake would love to debate Katie Hobbs. I think Blake Masters can stand for seven debates easily. Um, Notice the I mean, the Katie Hobbs, Carrie Lake thing is is indicative of your point, Charles. Katie Hobbs won't even do one of these phony baloney debates. She won't (laughs) do a debate of any kind. And the media gives her a, a pass on this. When she's asked about it, she says she doesn't want to give Carrie Lake a platform. Well, Carrie Lake's going to have a platform regardless, but more importantly, why not the follow-up question, which is, well, why wouldn't you debate then your own Democratic uh, opponent in the primaries, which Katie Hobbs refused to do, right? Well, yeah, and, yeah, and it's the same on issues. For instance, uh, cl- uh, cl- climate change, which is a total hoax, abortion, which they would be destroyed in any debate, any, any issue like that, they haven't got a leg to stand on. And so they they can't hack it, and and they and they're always in charge of the debate. Why are they always in charge? Yeah, of the they debate? are. And Why when we get a chance, yeah, no, it's a good point, Charles. And when we get a chance, when our side or our team does get a chance, think about what they do. So, for example, the DNC. I don't know if people remember this. The Democratic National Committee refused, refused to allow its candidates to participate in any debate that Fox News Channel would have hosted. Were I Fox News Channel, I would not have allowed Democratic candidates then on my platform. But they did. They did. And I think they were wrong to do so. The DNC plays for keeps. 
They play for keeps. Anyone who's kind of inclined towards Katie Hobbs, just do me a favor. Watch one interview with her. Watch one interview, one interview, and tell me that this person could pass an eighth grade civics questionnaire. Really, honestly, this is why she won't debate. It's amazing she gives any interviews at all. I'm Seth Liebson. Don't go away. The great Tevi Troy coming right up. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.